Brother Antoine. It's a lot of kids. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> well, good morning to everyone. What that was exciting, wasn't that? Having Andrew get baptized like that. That's that's amazing. You know what what would what would happen if we believed God for that to happen every week? We wouldn't even have to put the tank in the back. I could just leave the tank right there and just fill it up every week. That's what God wants. That's God's heart, and um, that needs, his heart needs to become our heart. And, um, but that was exciting. Um, we had a, um, a freedom encounter here at our church yesterday, um, something we've been doing for, for many years, way back when we were in Chalmette before we came here to the North Shore. Uh, we were doing freedom encounters, and we were discovering that even after someone makes a decision to accept Christ as their Lord and Savior, they can still have things that are attached to their lives that keep them from living the free life Christ has called them to live. And so we try to address those different things. So we had we, we did it with our Shalmet and our Metairie campus, and the Covington campus here hosted the, um, the, the encounter. But I think the total was 23. We had men and women, so it was really, really exciting. But we had three, um, three from our church, and one of the, the um, young men that was at the encounter couldn't be here this morning. But we have uh, Matt Chisholm, and we have Uriah Leckler was with us. So I want them just to come up. Where's your, there's Uriah back there. Matt, if you want to go ahead and come on up. And, um, and then, um, Beryl, if you wanted to come up, and my wife, uh, Lori, uh, to come up. And um, they, they, Beryl's shared with some of the sessions, and my wife and I were here just, just helping and leading and stuff. And Lee, Lee was with us. He wanted Lee to go ahead and come on up. And um, so I just want to say that I'm just so proud of both of these young men right here. And, um, you know, anytime that that young men give their lives to the Lord, that's huge. But when you take the next step to say, I want to get free, that's, that's incredible, you know. And so um, the, I just want to give them a second just to, just to kind of share what God did for them. And um, I'm not going to put you on the spot, but did you want to? Here we are. So yesterday going in, I didn't know what to expect, um, but it didn't take very long. Um, I was eventually freed from fear, anxiousness. Uh, I was dealing with some unforgiveness that I wasn't even aware of until I took the time to be alone with the Lord and everybody that was there that just helped me along the way. That's great. So thankful for them. That's awesome, man. That's Thank you all awesome. for having it. That's great, man. Yeah. That's awesome. I'm proud of you for that. That's awesome. So yesterday was my second freedom encounter. Uh, I had gone, but I was a young man. I was like 17, 18. So young now. Well, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, of course. But uh, but uh, I, mean, I, I went and I had my own baggage, what I wanted to be set free from. But knowing that there was more in my heart that I I had that I, I needed to let go, and I got set free. I did get set free. Uh, and it's like, I, w I was going home because I had to go to work after it, believe it or not. It was crazy. But uh, I was just driving home, and I was going through worship songs. And the song that came on was called Pieces. And it's the, the lyrics were, it's like, you can't give your heart out in pieces. You have to give your heart out 100%, the whole heart. And 
it really moved me. I was just, I, I was driving, I just got hit by the Holy Spirit in the car. Just, it was beautiful. But I got set free from depression. And I felt this, this, this guilt, this, like the shame in me just go away. Good. Just go away. And I, I felt free. That's I felt good. Free. It, was, it was amazing. <laughs> I, 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 and I can't just hold, we can't hold that stuff back. That's right. We have to give out our whole heart for Jesus. Amen. Jesus wants all of it. Yeah. And if we want all of him, we have to go yes. 100%. We can't hold back ourselves. Right. Yes. Uh, That's right. I'm just, I'm, I've, I came out. Of the Freedom Counter, I just everyone people were telling me, "Oh, you look, you look so much different. You look so much more glad. You look so much more happier." <laughs> like, and I was like, I felt it. I was like, I was like walking around. I'm like, like they said, I'm just like this, and then all of a sudden, I'm like, like you know, it's like, it's like, like, so I just want to tell y'all, if y'all have never been on a Freedom Encounter, yes. if y'all have never been, this is my second time. That's good. I'm just saying, one time's good. If you need a second time, how many? However, how many times? Right. Whatever you got. Just give it all to God. Yes. Give it all to God, and he'll bless you. Yes. And we have to realize that this, this the cross is yes. real. God is real. Yes. God moves. Yes. God moves. And if, if you want it and you ask for it, he yes. will give it to you. Yes. And he'll show you. He'll show you in your life. Yes. So, Amen. 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 Thank you. Thank you for sharing. Amen. Thank you all for sharing. Am I still on here? Yeah. That was amazing. That was incredible. We got a little feedback or something. Is that me? On the, is that? I don't know what that is all of a sudden. But um, that was incredible, uh, Uriah and, and Matt. Thank you so much for sharing. And, um, yeah, those encounters are amazing. And I, I, I tell people that some people think that maybe it's only for someone who's just gotten saved. You can tell from what Uriah was sharing. It doesn't matter how long you've been saved. God will show you something and and change your life and, and do just amazing things in your life if you um, make the commitment to come to that. One quick announcement I want to say, I don't know if Joshua's got that um, set up in the back, the, um, the men's retreat, Josh. Yeah. There it is. Thank, thank you, Josh. Yeah, that's going to be um, at the uh, Lion King Retreat Center in the meet, uh, March 8th and 9th. We're doing this again with our other two campuses, Shamet and Mattery. Um, if, you're, if you're a man, that's for you. And uh, it's awesome. We got we got a, uh, Gene Amundsen's coming from uh, um, from um, Mississippi to speak. He's one of the pastors in our NRP network. And then Pastor Rod Aguilar is going to also be speaking Saturday morning. So this could be a powerful time, fun time, just to get together with the guys. Um, where do you go to register for that? On the app. On the app. You get the app. So uh, go on the app. You can do every all the information. The details are all there, and you can get registered for that. And um, we've hit the ground running this year. And I said this last week, I think, when, when I was up here, that, that we're, we're giving you the tools you need to be successful as a Christian. I mean, we've, we've touched youth, women, the, 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 the Empower Conference, all the different things that we've done so far. I feel like we're, we're giving you the resources and the tools that you need to survive and to be successful as a Christian. I don't think this church can ever say we didn't, we didn't do enough. We didn't provide enough, I guess is what I'm saying. We don't want to overload, but... I believe we've done it in a way that, that's, that's a, that everybody can manage, and it's exciting. You know, it's, it's extremely exciting to see what God, what God is doing. So um, I just want to, again, welcome everybody here this morning. And um, so, you know, we're looking at the freedom encounter that we just experienced. And, you know, when you come out of that, that encounter like that, 
you feel like you're like brand new. I mean, you just, you know, you've gotten rid of all this guilt, all this shame, all these things that, that, have, that have tried to attach itself to you. And you really, when you leave an encounter like that, you don't want that feeling to ever end. Like you want to say, man, I just want to live like this every day. And it's possible, but it's not likely. I mean, it's, it's, it's difficult to maintain that, that high when, 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 we get, when we get free like that. So um, when we talk about freedom and walking in freedom in Christ, um, it's not a one-day event. Like We can't just say in one day, you know, and it's the, the, the encounter is amazing. But we can't think just one day that I'm just going to all of a sudden be free. You know, that, that equips, that's a lot of equipping. We, we equip you, we, we, we deliver, we have a deliverance, but there's a lot of equipping that we give you to, to take away when you leave the encounter to walk it out, to, to walk your freedom out. So we, we know that, that a one-day experience is not going to guarantee that you're going to live in, uh, in, in freedom. So, um, so really when we think about being free in Christ, we have to ask ourselves, do we want to be free? Like, do you want to live free? Like, is that, is that a decision or a, a, a question you've answered in your heart, especially if you're a believer, if you're a Christian, and you, you've accepted Christ, you, you've, you've been born again, have you made a decision in your heart that you've told the Lord and yourself, I want to live free? And, and I did that. I, I made that commitment when I accepted Christ that I wanted, I wanted to be free because the Bible says he who the Son sets free is free indeed. That's what the Bible says. So I accepted that. I said, I, I'm going ac to accept that. And then we have to ask ourselves, are we willing to protect the freedom that God has given us? Are we willing to guard the freedom, to, to, to protect it and watch over it? And uh, so today's message is living free in Christ, living free in Christ. And, you know, freedom, I believe, is one of our greatest gifts that God has given us. And we, we experience that. Most Americans don't even really, I think, appreciate the freedom that we have because it's all we've ever known. Now, if you go to another country that does not freedom, then you'll appreciate the freedom you have in America that much more. And uh, so sometimes I think we can take it for granted. But I appreciate the freedom. I like being free. Uh, I, like, I like being free just in general as a man. I don't, I don't like to be hindered or bound up or, or kept from doing anything I want to do or go where I want to go. I, I, I like the ability to, to, to be free. And that's what God wants for us in Christ, is to live in that freedom. So we know that Christ on the cross, he purchased our freedom. And the, the biggest thing he set us free from was sin. And sin was our debt. Like that's the, 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 the price for sin was death, the Bible says. So, so Christ set us free from that, from that sin debt. But even after we get saved, things can still attach itself to us that, that allows us to be in bondage or prevents us from living the life, the free life that God has called us to live. And so I want to live in freedom, and I want you to live in freedom. That, that's my wife and I's desire for this church, is that you, you all of y'all, walk in the freedom that God has called you to walk in, and to believe God that he will give that to you. If, if you cry out for that, God, God, God will give that to you. So, um, you know, we, we, we covered in the, in the encounter... There was like there's like seven root um, uh, spiritual uh, th things that we call out the, the the sins, and it was pride, bondage, infirmity, fear, 
sexual immorality, heaviness, and the spirit of lying. It's all these, these spirits that, that, that come upon us. And, we, and each one of those things have things that, that are underneath that, that that describe in more detail, but that's like the seven roots. So if you think about that, those are the things that try to prevent us from living free, you know, bondage, you know, um, immorality, you know, all the things that try to keep us bound up and being living the life that God has called us to live. So um, our freedom, just like our life in Christ, is not, it's not automatic. In other words, I can't just say I'm going to be free. I have to go after God. Just like as a Christian, you know, when you get saved, you don't just punch the cruise control button and say, I'm going to, everything's going to be fine now, and it's just on, on cruise control. It, I wish it worked that way, but it doesn't. You have to make an effort. You have to invest. You have to be hungry. You've got to go after God. And it's the same thing with your freedom. If you want to live a life of freedom, then you have to make a decision. I'm going to, I'm going to go after that. I'm going to, I'm going to do that. So um, we have to ask ourselves, is, is our freedom in Christ something worth defending? Is it, is it, is it worth defending? I, I think it is. I, I, believe, I, I believe it is. So is it something that we cherish and we love? Like, you have to ask yourself this. This is a personal question. You have to ask yourself, is living free, is it something I cherish? Do, do, do I love that? And then the other thing we have to consider is the freedom that I have in Christ. Did somebody pay a high price for me to have that? Well, yes, yes, they did. God paid the highest price by sending his son Jesus to die for us. In 1 Peter it says, For you know that it was not with perishable things, such as silver or gold that you were redeemed from the empty way of life handed down to you from your ancestors, but with the precious blood of Christ, a lamb without blemish or defect. So it wasn't man-made things that saved us. It was the blood of Christ. The most precious thing that God could give was his only son. So it is something. And then is it, is it something that's extremely valuable? Well, yes, it is. There's nothing more valuable than your salvation than your freedom that God has given us in Christ. So, um, so we have to make a decision that we're going to fight for our freedom, that, that you have to understand you're in a battle. Like there's a, there's a war that's, that's against us. And you have heard me say this uh, before as, as your pastor in this church, that, that when you make a decision to become a Christian, the world that we live in is against you. It's opposed to what we stand for in Christ. And so we got to make a decision. Am I, am I willing to fight against that, the opposition that's going to come against me? I am. I'm willing to do that. It's not an easy fight, but I've made the decision I'm going to fight. And Paul said, what is it? Fight the good fight. It's a, it's a fight, but it's a good fight. Why? Because it's a worthy fight. It's a fight for eternal life. It's a fight for our salvation. And one of the things we do every time we have the... Um, the, the encounters is we show a, a video. Um, how many of you have seen The Passion of the Christ by Mel Gibson? Shared that several years ago. If you haven't seen that, um, I'm sure you can find it on any, any social site or wherever you get the, the media. But it's called The Passion. And Mel Gibson did, a, he, he did a, a, a movie depicting what it really would have looked like for when Christ was crucified. And it was amazing. And I, I had already read it and studied what a crucifixion was. But if you just read the Bible and you look at the Bible and it says Jesus was crucified, it doesn't really give the details of what that's all about. Mel Gibson did a good job of giving us an illustration and a picture of what that looks like. And as graphic and as detailed as he, as he did for that, it really wasn't the whole picture. 
because the Bible says in Isaiah that, that, that Jesus was so badly deformed that he was not, he didn't even look like a human. Or was you, you, he didn't, you didn't even know he was a human being. But they show, we show a clip of that when, when Christ was, um, when he was beaten, you know, he was, he, he was, he was uh, whipped, and then he was, he was crucified. And, you know, and I've, I've never really seen this before in this, but when you look at the soldiers and the, the people that was, you know, cheering against him, you, re you recognize that Jesus was in a hostile environment. Like here, all he did was come to the earth to love us and to show us the heart of the Father. He, he, he didn't, and, and, but they hated him. They, they hated the man, and he didn't, he did not, he didn't, he no, there was no sin. He, did, he didn't do anything wrong. And the Lord just, just all of a sudden, just the light bulb went off that there, there, was, there was hostility. Well, there's the same hostility that exists for you and I today. The, the world hates Christians. Make no mistake about it. They, they are opposed to what God says and what Jesus Christ stands for. Jesus said if the world hated him, they're going to hate us. It, it, it's not going to be. He warned us of this. So it should not come as a surprise that when we accept Christ, there's, there's going to be like opposition. Don't, don't be surprised. I, I'm not one of those preachers that preach like, like prosperity and wealth and all those things. That's not what the Bible says. It doesn't mean God doesn't want you to prosper and be blessed, but that's not a guarantee. Jesus didn't even have a home. He, he, he was God. So we, we have to understand this. So, so there's, a, there's a battle, and, and you have to be willing to say, I'm going to fight for, for the freedom that God has given me. So when you read the Bible, the, the, um, the four Gospels, I believe, give us the way to salvation. It's the message of the cross. It's the message of Jesus Christ. But the majority of the rest of the New Testament, I believe, was written for us to stay like with Christ, to defend what God has what given us. And we know the Apostle Paul wrote most of the letters in the New Testament. And if you read that, a lot of it is like Paul is like encouraging the church, carry on, like just press on, like, like, like keep, keep fighting, keep, keep living for Christ. So, so um, that, that is so important for us to recognize that. So I'm just going to look at a passage here in 1 Peter that I believe gives us a blueprint for defending our freedom. It says in verses 8 and 9 in chapter 5, it says, Be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Resist him, standing firm in the faith, because you know that the family of believers throughout the world is undergoing the same kind of suffering. So here, I believe Peter has given us a blueprint of what we need to do to defend and fight for our freedom, to, to walk and to live in the freedom that God, that God has given us. So the first thing that we see here, he says, be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. The first thing we need to see here is your, your enemy never sleeps. Your enemy never sleeps. And some of you might be thinking, well, I don't have an enemy. Yes, you do. The Bible, the Bible says we have an adversary. We, we, ha we have an enemy. Now, the, he's against the world, but he's really against the church. Because if you're not a Christian, he's really already got you. You've already lost. But once you make a decision to cross over and get saved, then he's like he's angry. So he's, he's, a, he's, a, he's an enemy. He's an adversary that's against the church. The, the, Jesus said that the thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy. Or the thief could 
could be the enemy, the adversary, it's the devil. The devil comes to kill, steal, and destroy. But Jesus said, I have come to give you life and give it to the full or give it more abundantly. So, so Jesus was telling us, you, you have a thief, you have an adversary, you have an enemy. So you need, you need to recognize that. If, if you're a Christian and you don't, rec- you don't even know you have an enemy, you've already lost the battle. You, you've just, you, there's no way you can survive because you haven't even identified that there's an enemy. So we have to understand we have an enemy. He never sleeps. I came across this, when, this description of, of the devil when, when studying for this. And before I read this, um, we have to understand that if, if you think that the devil's going to get to a place where he's going to look at you and say, you know what, I'm going to leave you alone now. <laughs> That's never going to happen. I wish it would. I thought, it, well, I, I thought that as a, young, as a younger Christian, I really did. I said, I'm just going to get to this place where he's going to leave me alone. He does not. He never sleeps. <clears throat> he never stops. Look at this. Josh, if you want to put that up. It says, by his business, he walks about seeking whom he may devour. His whole design is to devour and destroy souls. To this end, he is unwearied and restless in his malicious endeavors. For he always, night and day, goes about studying and contriving whom he may ensnare to their eternal ruin. That, that's our adversary. That he's, he's looking, just like uh, Peter said, he's like a roaring lion. And what he's doing, he's, he's just he's sitting back and he's waiting for an opportunity to pounce, to just, to just get to come out. Whatever door, whatever opportunity you give him, he's, he's waiting. He's constantly looking for, for opportunities to come in and devour us and rob from us and kill us. And, and so, um, so Peter is telling us, number one, you have an enemy. You have to recognize that. It's not something we get excited about, but we're exposing truth. This is what the Bible says. That, that, that you and I have an enemy, and he's, he's opposed to us. And then we have to be alert at all times. See, I can't just say, well, I'll just take a vacation or I'll just take a break from the devil. No, you have to constantly be alert. Your antennas have to always be up. You have to constantly be thinking, you know, everything you're doing, everything you're reading, everything you're saying, every peop- whoever you're associated with, is that w- always be aware the devil's trying to get you. In, in every situation that you're in, the enemy's trying to come in, and he's against you. So, so you have to be alert at, at, at all times. We, um, we have to live with our eyes open. You've you got to live with your eyes open. you got to, you know, I ask the Lord, give me a spirit of discernment. That, that's so important for Christianity, to discern, to, to understand what's right and what's wrong, what's, what's good, what's evil, you know, all those different things. So when I'm walking, I'm not, I'm not walking into a trap. I'm discerning like what the enemy's doing, and then I'm, I'm avoiding his snares. <laughs> you, does that make sense? So you ask the Lord for that. Say, God, keep, keep my mind, like, keep, keep me discerning. And then we have to understand that you, you will be devoured by a roaring lion. And, and, and the, I mean, the analogy in the Bible is amazing when you think about that, but, and it's a strong language, because I can imagine what that would be like if a lion devoured you. That, that would be unbelievable what, what the lion would do. But that's the analogy the Bible leaves for the, gives us for the devil, that that's what he wants to do. He wants to destroy, annihilate us, destroy us, you know, tear us apart. That, that's his goal. So, so we have to be in a mindset that there, there is an enemy. There's, there, there's, an, there's an adversary, and he wants, he wants, to, he wants to destroy us. And um, so he's not playing games. You know, we're not, y'all have heard me say this before. 
um, when we think of church, you know, a lot of people think, well, um, it's like they put their life in categories. And they say, church is a category. Like, I got work, I got school, I got home, I got, you know, edu uh, college, whatever. I got all these different things. And, and, the, and the other category is church. And then when it's church, I'm just checking the box. Church is all of that. That your life is your life is Christ. It's not just you're not checking a box. When you check a box, that's a religion. See that that becomes the that's a, that's a religious spirit. When we come to Christ, it's our life. We we and I shared with Andrew. We, we're surrendering. You, you're surrendering freely. You're freely surrendering your life to to the control of Jesus Christ. It's, that's not a religion, and it's it's not just life or death. Here on this earth, it's eternal life and eternal death. That, it doesn't get any more serious than that. That's as serious as it gets. That, that's, what, that's what we're dealing with. That's what we're against. And that's what he is coming against us to try to destroy and to keep us from, from uh, experiencing. So, so we must be, we got to be self-disciplined. You know, we don't like that word discipline, right? I don't want to be disciplined. You got to be disciplined as a Christian. You got to discipline yourself. To, to, to stand against the ways of the enemy. So, so that's the first thing is that we have an enemy that never sleeps. The next thing here in verse 9, it says resist him standing firm in the faith. So the next thing we see here is you gotta, you got to stand your ground. you got to stand your ground. See, we have, to, um, we have to stand firm in what we believe. The, the, the greatest deception of the enemy is the deception of compromise. See, if he can just get a believer just to compromise a little bit, then he knows that's the door to get them to go all the way, you know, just to get them bound, whatever, whatever that is, whatever that looks like. So we, we have to avoid the deception of compromise, that a little, a little sin is all right or a little bondage is all right, you know. That's the thing that, I, that I, the Lord showed me when I was a young Christian. It's like, do you want to be a little free or all the way free? I mean, I, I, want, I want total freedom. You know, partial, partial freedom is not freedom. Partial freedom is bondage. You're still bound to something. So the devil might have convinced some of you in here that whatever it is you're holding on to, whatever that is, he might have convinced you you'll never let go. You, you'll never get free of that. Well, I, I come against it. That's a lie. That's a lie from the devil. You can be free because that's what the Bible says. That's what Christ has done for us. So receive what the word of the, the God says, not what the, the lying devil says. Receive what the what the word of God says. So you gotta you gotta stand your ground and um, so and, and and never surrender. So we have to we have to resist the devil. And 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 how do you how do you resist him? Well, you don't give in to his temptations. Number one, but I do that sometimes verbally. And y'all heard me say this before. If the devil's coming in and he's trying to tempt me, I, I take that scripture. The Bible says, if you resist the devil, he will what? He will flee from you. He will run from you. So why? Because greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. The, the power of Jesus Christ living inside of us is greater than the devil. It's stronger than the enemy. So we exercise the authority that God has given us, and I tell the devil to go. Just like Jesus did when he was tempted. It's the same thing. So if you feel the temptation of the devil come, coming upon you, then you, and you can even do this verbally. Say, devil, I, I, I command you to leave me now. Leave, like whatever thoughts are coming in, these, these wicked thoughts, this uh, anxiety, fear, um, frustration, depression, whatever it is, you have the authority as a Christian to tell that to go. 
We take authority. We take authority over those things. And we, so that's how, that's how you resist the devil. You resist him by, by, re, by rejecting him. And, um, and you speak the truth of what the word of God says. You know, claim, claim the scripture. You know, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. The, you know, I am more than a conqueror in Christ Jesus. You know, uh, everything that God says, just quote the scripture. And he can, the devil cannot stand against that. He, he cannot. We, we are stronger. He's, he's already defeated. The cross defeated the devil. His days are limited, very limited. And he knows that. So we are powerful in Christ to overcome everything that he comes against us with. Um, James 4, 7 says, submit, it's not on the screen. It says, submit yourselves then to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. That's, that's, that's right there. That's what, what, what James says. And then we have to, we have to stand firm. Um, Galatians 5, 1 says, it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. So you make a decision that once you come to Christ, you're standing firm in Christ. You're not, you're not going to be moved. Family's not going to move you. The world's not going to move me. The media's not going to move me. Events are not going to move me. I'm standing firm in Christ. That's a decision. You, 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 you make that decision. I will not, I will not be moved. And, and that's the position that you have stated. And then you have to be strong in what you believe. Um, you stand firm in the faith. The, what is our faith? It's faith in Christ. In other words, I've placed my faith, my trust. I've, I've, I've trusted Christ with my life. We stand firm and we, and, and we are strong in what, in what we believe in, that, that you are standing firm in Jesus Christ. That's a, that's a decision that, that you and I have to make. And then um, Peter tells us in verse 9, he says, because you know that the family of believers throughout the world is undergoing the same kind of suffering. So then we see what Peter's telling us here is you're not alone. You know, and this is one of the things that we exposed at the encounter yesterday, and the devil did this to me when I was a young Christian. When, when I would sin or something would come into my life, the devil made me think I'm, I was the only one. I mean, I really believe that. Like, whatever it was I was dealing with, he had me convinced that I was the only person on the planet that dealt with that. Until I started talking to other Christians or other men or other women, and I'm like, and all of a sudden they're like, "Well, yeah, I, I, I've I've had that too." And, and it may, it's not that you're excited that someone else is dealing with that, but it makes you realize you're not alone. You know, and that's what the devil tries to do is to make you look like, "Well, you're you're like there's something wrong with you. You're the only one." And we discovered that at, at the, on on the, on the freedom encounter, we're not alone. That 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 we that we deal with these things. We struggle. The, there's weaknesses. The Bible says. That, 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 that we fight with. So, so you're not alone. And then it also says here that throughout the world, is the, the family of believers is undergoing the same kind of suffering. So um, there's people, not just here in Covington, but and all throughout America and throughout the world that is going through the same battle we're fighting. In other words, it's, to me, that's encouraging to know that in every place on the planet where someone calls himself a Christian, they're fighting the same battle I'm fighting. That, I don't know why, but that's just encouraging. Like when we went to Ukraine, like you, all these thousands and thousands of miles away in a completely different country, um, different place, they're not free, all these different things, but it was the same Jesus, same church, worshiping God, but they, they fight the same things we fight. It was, it was the same thing, so it made you feel like you're connected to something greater than just a local church. It's the body of Christ. 
It's, it's global. It's, it's wherever someone confesses Jesus Christ as Lord, that's the church. And, it, and so, so what we face here, um, we're not alone with that. That you, you're, not, you're not like isolated with that. It's, uh, we, we all fight these things um, together. So, um, you know, again, I believe freedom, you know, freedom as a nation, if we think of it as a country, um, that's our greatest gift. And it's under assault. I mean, I don't need to get political right now, but I'm just here to tell you <laughs> that, um, that freedom is under attack. And there's, there's Americans that don't like freedom. That, that, that blows me away, but that's, that's true. So as much as I enjoy my freedom as an American, so too do I enjoy my freedom as a Christian. And so you've got to get to a place where you say, you know what, I like this freedom stuff so much that I'm willing to fight for it. I'm going to do, what, I'm going to do whatever it takes to defend it because I enjoy it. Right. See, and the devil, again, he's going to come in. Man, that's just asking too much. You must be crazy. You'll never get free of that. I, I, again, I reject that in the name of Jesus. You will be free. Whatever it is that you're facing, it, it, doesn't, it doesn't matter that Christ um, will, will set us free. And, um, but we got to be sober. we got to be alert. We have to recognize that, and I've said this to the church before, there's a, there's a spiritual realm. The Bible talks about spiritual forces in the heavenly realms. And, and you say, well, what's, who, who are they against? They're against you, the church. That, 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 so we have to be alert, aware at all times that these things are, um, are standing against us. And, um, but that, that's what's so amazing about the Bible is the Bible gives us the truth that we, that we can succeed, that we win, that we overcome, that because of Christ. Imagine if we tried to live this life against the enemy without the, without the Lord, without the Holy Spirit. We have no hope. There is no hope without Christ, the Bible says. So... You might be listening to this message um, this morning. You might be thinking, well, um, Eli, you just want to play some music, and I didn't tell you that, and I apologize for not doing that. Um, Eli and Josh, they do an amazing job back there for us in the sound booth. And uh, I, I don't want to ever feel like I'm giving them instructions. Joshua, I'll give him instructions because he's my son. But <laughs> Eli, I'm not instructing you. I'm asking you, please. <laughs> if you don't mind playing some music in the background. But you might be listening to this this morning. You might be thinking, um, you know, I hear you talking about freedom, but I don't even know if, I'm, if I've come to Christ, if I've actually did what Andrew, what Andrew did today. He, he made a commitment to say, I'm surrendering my life to Jesus. I'm giving Jesus control. Um, if, and, and someone, you may be listening as I'm speaking, and maybe as I'm speaking this word, you felt an urge or you felt a desire to say, you know what, I, I, need, I, need, to make, I need to do something. I got to make a decision. I got to, you, you don't even really understand what that means or what that's about, but something inside of you feels like, I feel like I got to just do something. Well, that's probably God kind of urging you to get right with him. And, um, and so it's just, to be a Christian, it's just acknowledging that Jesus is God's son, that I'm a sinner and I need help. That's really, in a nutshell, what it's all about. And I think all of us would say, I need help. Like, I, I know I can't live this life. If I try to live it the way David wants to live it, I'm going to mess up. I'm not going to do it right. So I need a helper. I need a savior. I, and that's what Jesus came to do. And so when we come to Christ, we just we confess him as our Lord, and then we surrender ourselves to him. We just, we just say, Lord, Jesus, just forgive me. 
I've made a mess. Come into my life and just forgive me, and God will give you a brand new life. And that's, and it's, a, it's an amazing life. It's like you're on the road. Now you're on, it's a narrow road, but now you're on the road to eternal life. And that's what God wants to do for us. So I'm just going to ask everybody just to bow your heads, please. Nobody looking around just for a moment. And um, I just want to give an invitation for that. I don't want to leave. I don't want to rush out the building without giving you an opportunity to make that decision. Because um, anytime we meet together in a service like this, God's moving and God's working. And so if that's you this morning, you say, you know, I believe, I, I did feel that urge. I felt like God wants me to make a, make a commitment, make a decision. I, I don't know, like Andrew said, he said, he, I love what he said, that if he was to die now, he's not afraid. He knows his salvation is secure. But there may be somebody here this morning, you say, you don't have that security. You don't have that, that, that assurance that if you were to die, you, you, would, be with, you would be with the Lord. So if that's you this morning, with nobody looking around, we're just gonna keep our heads bowed and eyes closed say, you know what, that's me. I just, would you just pray with me today? I just need you to pray and just help me with this. Just raise